The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the Winter Weekly Wrap from Hawkeye's Mike. Our podcast focuses on Iowa men's and women's basketball as well as wrestling, plus updates on Hawkeye's football. You'll hear from Iowa's head coaches and student athletes, as well as our sports reporters and special guests. This week's show includes talk about Iowa football, the newly signed recruits, and we hear from Kirk in his press conference this week, men's basketball on the court with Fran McCaffrey, and women's basketball with Lisa Bluter and Tyler Chumblins on the mat. Tyler talks about Iowa's nice bounce-back dual win over Ohio State in Iowa City, and he previews this weekend's Big Ten duels at home against Wisconsin and on the road at Minnesota. You'll also hear from Tom Brands as well as wrestlers Thomas Gilman and Brandon Sorensen. Hawkeye's mic programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. A lot of activity for Iowa football this week. Wednesday was the National Letter of Intent Signing Day. The Hawkeyes signed 22 new recruits, including six from the state of Iowa. They included five defensive backs, four wide receivers, three defensive linemen, including the crown jewel in this year's recruiting class, five-star A.J. Epinesa, three offensive linemen, including Mount Vernon's Tristan Wirfs, two running backs, one athlete, one linebacker, one punter, and one quarterback dual threat Peyton Mansell from Texas, plus one tight end. This recruiting class is ranked by most services in the mid-30s nationally. The Hawkeyes also announced 11 preferred walk-ons, eight from Iowa, two from Wisconsin, one from Illinois. There was also considerable discussion about the new assistant coaches that will be hired by the Hawkeyes, three, probably four, after a rule change in April. The first three are likely to be offensive assistants. Brian Ferentz is involved in the hiring of those. Reports out of Iowa. Iowa City this afternoon indicate that Ken O'Keefe is returning as quarterbacks coach. O'Keefe was the offensive coordinator originally when Kirk Ferentz took the head coaching job. It brings some needed experience on the offensive side of the ball. Should be a big help to Brian Ferentz in his new role as offensive coordinator. And increasingly, it sounds like Kirk is reluctant to have Brian also coach the offensive line in addition to his duties as OC. Indications also are that all of the new assistants will probably have Iowa ties. The Hawkeyes also displayed the new Joe Moore Award trophy for the first time in the Football Performance Center. It's massive. It's at least six feet tall and six feet wide. It weighs over 500 pounds. And in case you forgot, it was awarded to the Hawkeyes as the most outstanding offensive line this past season. It's the only current college football award that honors an entire unit rather than an individual. Head coach Kirk Ferry 
Terrence did hold his signing day press conference on Wednesday. He started by thanking his assistants and current players, and he also thanked the prospects themselves. I just want to thank the uh, prospects themselves, their families, the coaches, their support networks uh, for all the time and hospitality that they've provided for us. Uh, this is an exciting period uh, in their lives. It also can be a little bit stressful at times, and uh, you know every case is a little bit different. Every recruiting process is different, and uh, you see some players go through that stress, but I think they fall back on their support networks just like they'll do when they're in college, just like they'll do in their adult lives and come with the right answers. So, you know, we really appreciate the fact that, you know, we're asking parents to turn over what's the most important thing in their lives, a child, to us as a coaching staff, and they entrust us to uh, take good care of their, their uh, young young people. And we take that responsibility very, very seriously. I think our entire staff does a great job of you know, giving the kind of support you would want to give any young person that joins the program. So we appreciate the faith that they, they've committed to us. Certainly uh, very, very happy about that. Kirk was asked about efforts to better ensure that this group of recruits will fit in the Iowa system maybe better than some of the previous years and as a result reduce the attrition that has hit the team the last few years. I think the the whole key in anything is is just, you know, I think remind ourselves what we are, who we are, and what we want to be about. And that hasn't changed dramatically. It's changed. You tweak things, all that. Uh, you tweak everything in your program, but our, our core values really haven't changed over the last 18 years. Don't anticipate them changing in, in the future. So the real trick is to, you know, how can we find a better way to evaluate that and any anytime you talk about evaluating people uh, there, there's no you know it's not black and white it's never that simple rarely that simple I shouldn't say never yeah we're, we're always uh, looking for better ways to evaluate and the more information you can get I think the, the better things are uh, but it, it's very challenging certainly and uh, you know attrition is our enemy because one thing I know a guy can't play as best as a senior that's certainly one of our program goals he can't graduate if he's not here after uh, year one year two year three so uh, that, that's what we're looking for guys that can run the whole race it's a hard race College football anywhere is tough. It's a challenge. And uh, competing in any sport in the Big Ten is a challenge. So you just try to identify as best you can people that have that capability and also meet the demands that go with being an athlete, you know, graduating from a Big Ten school and uh, doing things socially that are going to be people that are going to look at you and respect you for the way you live. Kirk talks about the group of wide receivers, which is a position of real need for Iowa. Really pleased with the way it came together. And certainly uh, Amir was a big part of that. Uh, getting him uh, to sign was, was, was really big for us. But like the whole group as a whole, you know, I think we've got uh, two big receivers with uh, Brandon Smith and Henry Marques, happy about that. And that was important to us to uh, help our size a little bit. Uh, Max Cooper's an extremely productive, successful player, played on a state championship team. And, uh, you know, I want to call him nifty, just, you know, the guy looks like a football player. Uh, I'm not saying he's uh, Vandenberg, but he just looks like a football player out there. So excited about that. And then Amir's a guy that, uh, you know, caught our attention back in December. Frank Verducci Sr. recommended uh, Akram to us five years ago and I, uh, he put a seal on this one too. Coach Logan, the high school coach there is a tremendous guy and we've got a great deal of respect for him. They're a state championship team as well and uh, he's a really dynamic, exciting player. Uh, a guy that could play either side of the ball. Think about Manny Ragumba in my mind and if we didn't have two senior corners last year, Manny probably would have been playing offense but our plan was for him to be in that mix for a starting job this spring so he got a little bit of a jump on that through injury. But I think they're, they're similar type guys, guys that could help on either side of the ball. Our plan is for him here to play offense. Kirk was questioned about his no visit policy and its impact on recruiting, especially after Iowa lost four key recruits from Texas. The topic itself, as it pertains to the players in, uh, in discussion, to me, I guess it has to be a lack of communication. Maybe it wasn't communicated properly, although I was involved in one conversation I thought was pretty clear. 
But to me, that's really what it gets down down to. It's as simple as that. On a national scope, you know, everybody's got their their definitions. But I think the uh, the key point, and, and you know, we have visited staff. We'll go back to it one more time on it. I'm sure after uh, this is all settled. But I think we all feel the same way we did, you know, a year ago or six months ago. You know, the word commitment to us at least means commitment. It means your your decision's been made and you're straight ahead. And uh, I know there are new terms, soft commitments. There's commitments you can't accept. Uh, you know, there's all this lingo and stuff. But I, I don't understand all that. It's just like commitment's commitment. And so with that being said, you know, what we really try to encourage all of our prospects, you know, if you're thinking of committing, that's great. We're, we're enthused about that, but don't commit until you really mean it. You know, if you do, then we're going to take you at your word on that one. And that's just kind of where it is. If you choose to look somewhere else, there's nothing we can do about that. that that's not an issue. But then you have to understand that maybe we, we have to redefine your, your definition of commitment. So it's as simple as that. And Ference talks about the importance of walk-ons at Iowa. That's always going to be a big part of our program is just the, the walk on thing and I mentioned we have 11 guys already committed to us which we're really excited about and you think about it, they're taking pictures uh, with our line in front of the uh, trophy this morning two of the guys in the pictures uh, Cole and, and Boone Meyer you know both came here as walk-ons so that, that's really been in our fabric uh, for, forever back in the 80s certainly you know the 2000s right on through we've had a lot of great walk-on stories probably nobody more famous than Dallas Clark but so many guys that meant so much to our football team I always go back to the 04 season you got Considine back there uh, Tyler Lupke and Pete McMahon you know all three of those guys had chances in the NFL. Uh, Sean had a longer career, but you know, we don't win a championship that year without those three guys. So it's, it's it's just a way for us to really let guys know that we appreciate their commitment, their work ethic, and the things that they've done to contribute to us being successful. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on. Up to 10 washings. Moisturizes. Alcohol-free. And safe for the kids. So go ahead. Touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins. Keep your hands germ-free all day. On the court this week, Ben's basketball, Iowa bounced back nicely, winning two straight games after the three-game losing streak. It handily defeated Ohio State at home, 85-72, and then totally dominated Rutgers on the road, 83-63. They led start to finish there, and they also picked up their first Big Ten road win of the season. The Hawkeyes won both of those games without senior and leading scorer Peter Jock, who set out with a lingering back injury. Freshmen really stepped up. Three of the four top scorers for the Hawkeyes right now are true freshmen. Tyler Cook, Coriel Pemzel, and Jordan Bohannon. And against Ohio State, freshmen and sophomores scored 69 of Iowa's 85 points. Versus Rutgers, four scored in double figures. There were 24 assists on 30 field goals. They had a season-best 15 steals and converted for 20 points off of those. And they hit 11 three-pointers, 11 out of 18 for 61. Jordan Bohannon alone in the Rutgers game was 5 of 7 from beyond the arc and led the team in scoring in that game with 17 points. Iowa now sits at 13-10 and 10 overall, 5-5 five and five in Big Ten play. The Hawkeyes host Nebraska this Sunday. They look to revenge their 93-90 double overtime loss in Lincoln on January 5th. Nebraska is currently 10-12 and 4-6 and and in the conference. They've cooled off a bit since the Cornhuskers' sizzling start at the 
beginning of Big Ten play. Seven of Nebraska's ten Big Ten games have been decided by six or fewer points, and the Cornhuskers are coming off a home loss to Michigan State last night, 72-61. The Iowa-Nebraska game is a 1 p.m. tip on the Big Ten Network. Then the Hawkeyes will travel to Minnesota to play the Gophers next Wednesday night. That's an 8 p.m. start also on BTN. Fran McCaffrey held a press conference today, and he was asked about Peter Jock's injury and his status. I, I think he'll be fine. I, I think he'll play. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll play well. You know, I, I, I think he's been really diligent with his treatment and rehabilitation and been really smart with what he does with his body like he'll shoot and he'll do some running and you know he was in the pool you know with some you know no resistance exercise and he's been really really mature with that I've been very impressed with him but I I expected him to be that way that's the way he always is you know he could have kept playing the way he was he just didn't feel like he was playing up to his own expectation and I respect that the way to do that is to get your body to feel better we have great strength and conditioning coach we have a great athletic trainer talented doctors and they've worked really hard with him doesn't matter how good those people are though if you're not professional in your approach and he has been McCaffrey was asked what he learned about his young team without Jock. I'm not really surprised. I, I, I think what you saw is what you hope to see. You know, I think Isaiah was really good. I thought Brady was really good. Bohannon stepped up. We got quality minutes from Macy Daly. I mean, in that backcourt position, I thought Christian Williams was very good. So it's it's more opportunity for other people. You know, Bear stepped in in the starting position. He's been outstanding. Creener got more minutes. I mean, you know, it, it's great opportunity for those guys to, to just get more time on the floor and grow and develop and what you don't want to see with young guys is when they get their opportunity that they make mistakes and we didn't have a lot of that those guys were really solid McCaffrey was asked about a starting five without Pete in the lineup, especially the play of Nick Bear and Ahmad Wagner well they they those two guys bring energy they bring defense you know it makes us you know uh, athletic in in terms of our ability to rebound the ball Uh, both those guys can run they give us it gives us probably our two best offensive rebounders so I I really like that group Fran talks about Jordan Bohannon's shooting prowess I think well you saw him play a lot in high school I mean he 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 could pull at any time from anywhere and 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 shoot a good number Uh, I didn't want to have any deviation in that mentality for him so uh, you know I just turned him loose and you know, he kind of has pretty good idea, I think. You know, he'll shoot with shots from great range, and he'll force a couple, but he, he makes those sometimes, so you just let him go. There are times where he shoots you like, whoa. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, like the last bucket of the half the other night. I mean, he was, he was way, way out. You know, anytime he pulls, I feel comfortable and, and uh, just make sure our guys go back and get it if it doesn't go in. McCaffrey discussed the lessons his young team learned from its earlier losses. As individuals, they want to learn and get better. They accept coaching. They're in the gym. They, they, they study film. You know, they try to help one another. You know, it, it's funny because at times they, they almost talk too much to each other and, and stop listening. But it's only because they're trying to help each other and, and communicate on the floor. And as we all know, communication on the floor is, is incredibly valuable. You all have, all, everyone has to work together and, and, and be as one unit. You know, you can put great ball pressure on, but if, if everybody's slacking off and you're not up toward the ball and you're not up on ball screens, 
doesn't matter what kind of ball pressure you have, you know. So you need ball pressure. You got to play ball screens. You got to have your defense over. You got to rotate on dribble penetration, and you got to know where the three-point shooters are, where the drivers are, and who's posting up. And then you have to cover for each other when somebody makes a mistake. And that's why longer possessions sometimes are good on offense because the longer you go, the more ch the greater chance that somebody breaks down. So what you're seeing is a team who is who is communicating more on the floor, defensively in particular, and we have been better in that area. And Fran was asked what he thought about Peter Jack's Instagram post criticizing President Donald Trump's immigration order. I was proud of him. I, I thought incredibly eloquent in his remarks, thoughtful, caring. I'm not surprised. I mean, that's who he is. Nobody in this room knows what it's like to be a refugee. He does. Can't imagine being six years old and being a refugee in Uganda. So uh, I applaud him for speaking up. I applaud him for how he spoke up. I think everyone appreciates where he's coming from from and, and supports his ideas. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll-free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand-new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. Welcome to On The Mat, your Hawkeye Wrestling Recap. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. Let's get into a big matchup last week. Number four, Ohio State traveling to Carver Hawkeye Arena to score off with number three, Iowa. Hawkeyes coming off of two losses to Oklahoma State and Penn State, number one and number two, trying to rebound against number four, 125, number one ranked Thomas Gilman, freshman number 18, Jose Rodriguez. They exchanged words in the locker room prior to the meet where apparently Rodriguez called Gilman out, something along those lines. Gilman answered in a workmanlike demolishing of Rodriguez. 23 to 8, getting the technical fall and starting out the night well for Iowa. Iowa up 5 to nothing. Senior Hawkeye 125 pounder had some choice words for Rodriguez after the match. Here's Gilman on what he said to Rodriguez. Uh, that's between me and him. It's a uh, vulgar sure. incident in the locker room that went on between me and him. And you know, I didn't say too much then in the locker room, but you know, I made sure he, he, uh, he knew how I felt after the match. And, and uh, I'm sure you could watch the video and read my lips. I'm just pretty loud out there. The ref, the ref had something to say about it. So Hawkeyes have Wisconsin coming up this Friday night, and then they travel to Minnesota on Sunday. Wisconsin ranked number 18, Minnesota ranked number 10. A couple rivalry matches. Gilman's going to have Lenz Jans from Wisconsin, who lost to Suriano of Penn State last week by major decision. Terrific opportunity for Gilman to continue to get bonus points as he's done a bunch this year. Only two matches he has not gotten bonus points. 19-0 Gilman will then have Ethan Lizak from Minnesota, ranked number 7 on Sunday in the dual meet against the Gophers. 133, announced prior to the meet against 
Ohio State that number four Corey Clark would not wrestle against number one Nathan Tomasello for Ohio State. Philip Law steps in, wrestled well, but Tomasello is just too much. The number one kid from Ohio State. Buckeyes win 10 to three. Not a bad result to be completely honest with you. You look at Corey Clark missing. Uh, what he's what he uh, he's actually missed a ton of time this season. Uh, very very much so missed the month of December. Then he came back, wrestled a couple matches. Then he misses this one. But it looks like Clark is going to be back to wrestle Wisconsin. That was announced earlier this week. He's going to get freshman Eli Stickley for the Badgers. Clark's going to need to continue to build that momentum coming off the injury. And then he's going to have another ranked foe coming up on Sunday in Mitchell McKee, number 17 from Minnesota. 141, Topher Carton ranked number 17. Another tough match. Wrestled tough against number 14, Luke Pletcher. But Pletcher won the match 5-4 to four in a regular decision. Matchup against Wisconsin is going to be number 16, Cole Martin against Carton. Another freshman for Wisconsin here. So we'll see what Topher Carton, the senior, can do. Should present a good opportunity for Topher Carton to rank wrestle another ranked opponent, another opportunity for him to improve his seating for the Big Ten tournament coming up. And then he'll have number 12, Tommy Thorne, the sophomore Sunday at Minnesota. 149, number four, Brandon Sorensen didn't wrestle his best match, but he still won last week, which is crazy because he wrestled number five, Micah Jordan from Ohio State. Sorensen, to me, I thought dominated the match. He spent most of the time on, of the match riding on top, accumulated a ton of ride time, but not a lot of offense for Sorensen in the match. He ultimately wins the match three to nothing. Uh, seemed dominant, but apparently Tom Brands and Brandon Sorensen did not think so. Here's Sorensen on the win against Jordan. Um, yeah, you know, it's nice to be on the other side, but here's the thing. You're getting talked to the same way. You know, that's, that's not a match I want to wrestle right there. You know, when or lose that, you're getting talked talk to the same way, and, uh, you know, that's that's not how we want it done. Yeah, definitely more points. What was it? 2-0. Not very exciting. I don't like it. Fans don't like it. You know, we need to figure something out there. Now here's Coach Tom Brands on Sorensen's victory, 3-0 over number 5, Micah Jordan. Oh, Sorensen, uh, that guy's sticky, uh, but it doesn't matter. That guy, you know, he's rangy and long. It doesn't matter. Um, there's a lot of ways to win that match, and one of them is to win 2-0, get an escape, and, and uh, get riding time. And he put a ride on him and uh, didn't just build up riding time and then let him up. He kept him down. And that, that's a one gutsy way to win, but we can score more points. A match like that, when you can ride like that, 2-0, what if you're getting takedowns and riding him? I mean, you, you rattle him a little bit. You know, we're talking, you know, I'm, 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 giving, I'm, giving, I'm giving away, like I said, I'm you know, worried about locker room material, but Sorensen's very capable of scoring takedowns. At 149, Sorensen will wrestle against junior Andrew Cohn from Wisconsin, and then he'll get Carson Brolsma from Minnesota coming up on Sunday. Should be two wins for Brandon Sorensen. 157, number two, Michael Kemmerer. He beat Jake Ryan 14-3, to got back to his winning ways in the matchup last week against Ohio State. He's going to get unranked Jared Scherenbrock from Wisconsin Friday night, and then he'll have number nine, Jake Short from Minnesota Sunday. Short, junior, upperclassman, should be a good test for Kemmerer, a good opportunity for him to solidify seating for the Big Tens coming up later on uh, this season. 165, Joey Gunther scored a 3 to nothing victory over Cody Bircher of Ohio State. Hopefully, this allows Gunther to build some momentum because he's going to score off against a pair, no, a pair of ranked opponents this weekend. He's going to have the tougher of the two in Isaac Jordan of Wisconsin. Then he'll get number 15, Nick Wanzak of Minnesota coming up on Sunday. Jordan currently ranked number three. At 174, Alex Meyer went toe-to-toe with number one Bo Jordan from Ohio State. Came up empty with a 3-2 loss. I know I'm mentioning a lot of Jordans. It can be confusing. Bo Jordan, the number one ranked wrestler at 174, beats Alex Meyer 3-2. If you don't count moral victories, that's fine. I know the Iowa coaches say they don't all the time, but a lot of times I'll look at these types of things and say, you know what? If this isn't a moral victory, I don't know what is because going forward, Meyer is a senior. He has proven that he can wrestle time and time again with all of these guys that are elite wrestlers at this weight class. Bo Jordan's the number one kid in the entire country for Ohio State, and Alex Meyer goes toe-to-toe and loses 3-2. to 
area too. So if nothing can prove to him that he can't go toe to head, go head to head and toe to toe, I don't know what can. It's going to be fun watching him go forward because you know as a senior, as you go down the stretch here, guys start realizing I'm not going to be doing this forever. I'm, I'm not going to be a, continue to put that Iowa singlet on. So it'll be interesting to see where Meyer ends up. He's going to have Ryan Christensen of Wisconsin and Chris Farr from Minnesota on Sunday at 184. If Sorensen's victory over Jordan wasn't the win of the night for Iowa. Number seven, Sammy Brooks' performance in which he won 5-3 to three over previous national champion Miles Martin. That probably takes the cake. Brooks' win ultimately sealed the deal for Iowa in the dual meet. Much needed win for Brooks over num- for Brooks individually as well as for Iowa um, over number four, Ohio State. Coming up this weekend, Brooks should have two that he should be he should win. A lot of bonus points should be scored. A freshman Ritter from Wisconsin on Friday and then Bobby Stevenson from Minnesota, both unranked wrestlers. At 197, unranked Cash Wilkie overmatched in his matchup against number four Colin Moore, losing 19 to seven for Ohio State. The road's not going to get any easier for Wilkie. First, he's going to have Mason Reinhardt, a freshman from Wisconsin, should be an interesting match. We'll see where Wilkie's at in that one. And then he's going to get two-time All-American and number two ranked Brett Farr Sunday for Minnesota. Great chance for Wilkie to improve, possibly score a huge upset. But again, underclassman, he just needs to continue to show improvement each and every week. It'll be very interesting to see how well he can wrestle against Farr on Sunday. At heavyweight, Sam Stoll announced as out for the remainder of the season two weeks ago against Penn State. In step, Stephen Holloway, undersized heavyweight freshman. Holloway kind of had the mat wiped with him by Neville's of Penn State, but he matched up with career backup Josh Fox last week against Ohio State with Kyle Snyder being overseas. Holloway got a win, 6-1. to one. I was probably fortunate in the sense that number one, Kyle Snyder wasn't in the country. He was competing overseas. Otherwise, Iowa might not have won this meet, but again, they end up winning. Holloway wins, gets a nice little confidence booster. Hawkeyes are victorious in the matchup, 21-13. to Next week, uh, Friday coming up, Holloway's going to get number two, Connor Medbury from Wisconsin. Then on number eight, Michael Krails from Minnesota. So number two and then number four. We saw how it was against Nevels, who's ranked number five. Now he's going to get two very tough competitors, very tough opponents. It's probably going to be a long weekend for the youngster. Number three, Iowa victorious over number four, Ohio State, 21-13. to After the Ohio State meet, meet head coach Tom Brands said he learned a lot about his team over the past couple weeks. Here's Brands. We learned a lot. We knew we were going to learn a lot. Like I've been saying, we know we knew that this was on our schedule. We had it circled, and you know, so we're making progress a little bit. You know, we just keep working. And specifics, you could get into them, and it would be long and boring, and I might be giving an edge away a little bit. But things that I saw tonight that were progress is uh, writing, uh, definitely writing, finishing periods on top. Uh, but there's also some things that we got to continue working on. I mean, you look at our, you know, leg attack defense at 97, uh, 41, 74. 74 did it just right, did it just right. That guy's coming, and he gets his hands locked. And if you drape, you're in trouble. And we draped on the third one, stopped the first two. And then we got to get to our offense. You know, that's the first lesson probably. Guy comes, you stop him, stalemate, go. And, uh, you know, that's the next piece for Meyer. Coming up for the Hawks will be number 18, Wisconsin, at 7 p.m. at Carver Hawkeye Arena on Friday night. Then on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock on BTN, the Hawkeyes and the Gophers rivalry match. Number 10, Minnesota, and the number three, Iowa Hawkeyes, live from Minneapolis. That's Big Ten Network on Sunday. This has been On the Mat. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. This is Hawkeyes Mike. Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. 
Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the news and events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Also on the court, Iowa's women's team continued to show improvement and resiliency. It did lose to Big Ten leader Maryland on the road last Sunday, 100-81. The Terps have just too much firepower for this Iowa team, but the Hawkeyes played tough in the second half and never gave up. Then Iowa returned to Carver Hawkeye Arena last night, hosting and defeating Rutgers 71-57. They celebrated the National Women in Sports Day. It also featured the return of Rutgers head coach C. Vivian Stranger to Iowa City, where she had served as head coach for Iowa. The Hawkeyes opened an early lead in this game. Rutgers then came back, but finally Iowa pulled away late in the fourth quarter. Megan Gustafson and Allie Disterhoft combined to score 45 points in that game, and they also hauled in 21 rebounds. It was a nice game for Disterhoft, who had been struggling recently, but it was another double-double for Gustafson, and that's becoming fairly routine now. The Hawkeyes women's team is 14 and 8 overall, 5 and 4 in conference play. Things will be very tough again for the Hawks on this Sunday. They travel to Ann Arbor. They will face a very hot shooting Michigan team. It's a 1 p.m. tip. The Wolverines, they're 18 and 5 overall, 7 and 2 in conference play, and they defeated Illinois at home last night, 86 to 70. The Iowa women then return to Carver Hawkeye next Wednesday to host Michigan State. That's a 6 p.m. start time. Lisa Bluter met with the media following the win over Rutgers. This was a a great day. You know, for us to be able to come out here and celebrate National Women and Girls in Sport Day and to be able to have Vivian come back, to have Dr. Grant here, it was really special. And I'm just so thankful that we got to celebrate this day today. You know, when I I asked Dr. Grant to come back last week, I said, Dr. Grant, we're having all the other female athletes here. This just screams Dr. Grant. And I'm just so pleased that she could be here and be a part of it. And I said this to her, and I, I mean it, you know, without you, I don't know if we'd be having a game here tonight. I think she's meant that much to women's athletics across the United States, and I have so much admiration for her. So I'm really, really pleased to be able to share this night with her and then to come out with a good victory against Rutgers. Megan uh, had another double-double again, uh, season high, tied a season high at 25 points. It was really nice to see Allie shooting the ball well tonight, three for six from three-point range. But I love the, most, the statistic I love the most probably is that she had nine rebounds tonight, including three offensive rebounds. Been on her a little bit about that, so uh, it's nice to have her one rebound shy of a double-double. Bluter was asked about her team's ability to withstand Rutgers' runs in this game and pull away near the end. I think our team understands that basketball is a game of momentums. You know, swings uh, happen within the game, and, you know, we had a run, they get a run. It, it just it happens, and, and, and you just have to not lose your confidence or lose your cool or composure when those things happen. And I think our team, and I think Allie, you know, as the senior out there, really leads them and helps them with those type of situations. 
situations. Bluter talks about her goal of having balanced scoring. Our goal is to have five people in double figures every game. We want balanced scoring and you know some games it happens and some games it doesn't. Sometimes you go to what's working. You know you can go in with a game plan and then you have to alter that depending on what's working for you and what's not working for you. I think our players are really smart at, at understanding hey if something's working go keep going to the well you know and and they understand you know how effective and efficient Megan is on the block and you know we have our guards each had five assists tonight you know you look at Kathleen Tanaya Mack each of them had five assists so they're understanding who to look for in those type of situations. And Lisa talks about the tough task facing her team when they play the Wolverines in Ann Arbor on Sunday. Obviously we're going to have to bring a great defensive game. They're scoring 80 points a game. They're 11 and 0 on their home court. They've got three outstanding scores. They have a 6-5 center, but that, you know, Megan doesn't shy away from that. Uh, definitely, but they are shooting the three ball very, very well. And we are going to have to have great three-point defense against them at their place. <laughs> Thanks to Tyler Jemelin for his on-the-mat wrestling report and to Iowa's coaches and student-athletes. We hope you've enjoyed this program. All Hawkeyes Mike podcasts are available and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Overcast, and other podcasting apps. HawkeyesMike.com, podcasting Iowa athletics for 10 seasons. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.